right, welcome back to the back porch. We got co-host G. What's up, everybody? And your other co-host, Cruz Chavez. Got a lot to talk to about today, boys. Yeah, and we girls. do. We have a lot to talk about. It's a good thing I got a cup of coffee in my hand right now. Hey, man, we're up pretty dang early because yeah, this is man. the only time that we could figure out how to record with my schooling and Cruz's work and everything. It's like, it may not be early to some people, but it's 7 a.m. And sometimes <laughs> 7 a.m. is early. I don't care what you say. Come on, guys. Oh, man. Well, Cruz, anything anything in life you feel like you need to talk about? We finally finished up our uh, the book of James. Amen. And so got done with that and talking about how we can apply that in school. And um, other than that, I, I mean, we're still planning stuff for this next coming uh, season for school and trying to plan mission trips, trying to plan... Uh, other trips throughout the year, like fall camp. So all of it is just in the works. Yep. It's all coming together and have a lot of great things to do for the youth group. Um, I'm excited for this year and this summer because, first of all, I'm going to be married during all this. Yeah, and it's going to be a whole different experience yep. while on mission trips and stuff. Um, but I'm very excited. Uh, I know TJ... He he has some he has some ideas for the both of us and things that we can do, so uh, I'm very very excited. But uh, with me, school, <laughs> <laughs> just school, e- even more reading. Yeah, I, that's literally what's been consuming my life, and I love it still. I mean, it's, it's still getting. We're we're in my Old Testament. We're learning about the Pentateuch. Uh, um, the Old Testament writings, the the Tanakh, and the first five books, the Law, of uh, uh, of the Old Testament, um, and it's just awesome. Uh, getting to learn more in depth, and I feel like it's going to apply exactly with this a little bit uh, today. Yeah, it's going to help me out because we're talking about geography a little bit, and that's literally yeah. what I just had to get done studying was uh, the geography of the land and how. Literally, how rich the land of uh, that Jerusalem is holding. Um, so uh, that made me uh, very, very interested. Um, but you know, got the wedding coming up. Very, very excited. I'm ready to ready to just be married. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for this for so long. I feel like I say that all the time. But you got to rock and roll to scripture. Yeah, let's get to it. Um, so we're, we're reading in Revelation 6, and uh, guys, I remember we told you last week that this is going to be a whole different mood um, than it's been in previous weeks, because uh, we're now getting into judgment and what it's going to look like. Getting into the seven seals. Yeah, getting getting into the seven seals. So we're actually going to cover the first six seals. Um, in all of chapter 6, it, re- it just describes the first six seals, and then later on we're going to talk about that seventh seal. So if you're listening to this podcast and you get to the end and you're like, wait, that's just six seals. Where's the seventh seal? That's why. It's coming up. It's coming up. Patience, young people. Just not in this chapter just yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there is a lot. I mean, it, there's there's some symbolism, but it's pretty it's pretty easy to see what each horse or what each seal comes with it. Um, and it's just, 
Does everybody put on your seatbelts if you're yeah. not wearing one right now? Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to go ahead and read, uh, or unless you have something uh, go before ahead. this. Um, Revelation 6, starting in verse 1. Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals. I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, Come. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him. And he came out conquering and to conquer. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come, and out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth, so that the people should slay one another, and he was given a great sword. When he opened a third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come, and I looked, and behold, a black horse, and its rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a Daenerys, and three quarts of barley for a Daenerys, and do not harm the oil and wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and, the, and its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And, when, and they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar of souls who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, A sovereign uh, Lord, holy and true, how long before will uh, will judge and uh, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number uh, until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be a complete who were killed as they themselves had been. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black and sackcloth, the full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by the by an island. Uh, was shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the king of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in caves among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? That's a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Dude, that's... I know that sounds scary. Yeah. All right. It's a lot. Everyone is talking about, like, if you've ever read this, uh, you this kind of goes back to the question pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on what you believe, do you believe that the church is going to be raptured up before all these events take place? Do you believe that sometime in the middle of these, um, all is the church going to be raptured up or is it going to be after tribulation? So... Basically, in seven years, um, after seven years, during all this, do you believe that the church will be raptured up? Yeah. So depending on what you believe, um, and again, you can do your own study, you can uh, read, read about it, um, that's going to affect how you basically read this scripture. Yeah. Um, nothing's going to change based on what you believe, but in my opinion, the church is going to be gone and so that's why there is so much 
um, hostility on yeah. the earth. Yes. Um, there's no more Christ. There's no more Holy Spirit. There's no more Christians. There's no more believers. And so you have this chaos. Um, and, and we'll just get into it from there. So going back to uh, the first seal, it says, Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the uh, four living creatures say with a loud voice like thunder, Come. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. So there's this idea that Jesus is going to come back one day, and rightly so. Scripture says it. You know, We all believe it. Christ mm-hmm. will return one day. The big thing here is to notice what this first rider comes with, because we know that Christ is also going to come back on a white horse. And it talks about how this first seal, this or this first horse, is coming on a white horse. But this first rider is coming with a bow. And we know that Jesus is coming with a sword. And oh, so yeah. there's, there's some things to pinpoint there. Detail is all, is all part of the key, you know what I mean? Um, so... Knowing that this, this, whoever this is, this is not Christ. This is someone who's resembling Christ. And they've come with a bow. And it doesn't say they come with a bow and arrow. So it says that they just come with a bow, pretending like, they, like they're coming, like they are the Christ, but yes. they're actually not. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know what I, a funny side thought. You know what I noticed? Every time you're done talking, I say exactly. I have to find a new word to say, <laughs> dang it. Um but true. <laughs> uh, this this is like a time of like you know the Holy Spirit is gone. People have been raptured up. If you're pre-trib, and this is describing a time of peace. That's why this person or this thing on a white horse, uh, um, the rider is just having a bow. He doesn't have an arrow. He is he. he brings peace upon the earth, but it's not true peace. Not true peace. Because as we could see that there are still believers um, who who are still on the earth. And it's like, I think about it as like, there's panic still. Um, they're like, oh, believers who have read Revelation or they're going to read Revelation because they're seeing everything going on. They're like, oh, I know what's going to happen next. <laughs> right. You know, it's like that pause. It's like, oh. The next one's not going to be that good. So there's like, there's slight peace. And it's it's going to be like, why would there be peace if a bunch of people were, are just missing the very next day? Right. And I thought to myself, you know, in this generation, in this world today, that's very, very possible. Because there's like conspiracy theories for everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I bet a bunch of these people, they just got, I could just, I can uh, just imagine a bunch of the things or uh, excuses that they could maybe say of like, man, I bet that these people just got together and did something to themselves. And and now we can't find the bodies or wherever they are. Or uh, just like, oh, they're just, you know, maybe we just didn't hear about anything. And it just all silently moved during the night while everybody was asleep. I can just hear those, uh, like, conspiracy I don't want to call theorists. them. Yeah, conspiracy, conspiracy theories. And they're like, oh, there's a man on a white horse. Awesome. Man, it feels peaceful. But it's really not peaceful. Right. Uh, uh, I, so I, that's kind of like my thought process of like, people would be like, would you not be able to notice that a bunch of people are gone? Uh, why is it peaceful? And I'm like, 
because do you not see all the conspiracy theories that people are making today? Right. And people believe it (laughs) and all those things. So I could definitely see how this would be like, there could, there could be a time of peace, um, and how people can just move on with their lives, uh, during the time of like, Oh, cool. There's a guy that we can all get behind. Now we can have like a a universal leader, a world leader. Uh, We'll give him a crown and everything. Um, but it's not gonna be good when this next horse no, uh, no. comes comes up a trample. So it's kind of interesting because that first horse, yeah, like you said, he 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 kind of sets the world up for peace. But you can't forget the second part, the last verse to that. It says, "And he came out conquering and to conquer," and that's gonna lead us into this next transition. Oh yeah, which is when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, "Come." And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another. And he was given a great sword. Okay, so now we see a whole new horse. Mm -hmm. And someone asked the question last week, are these actual horses? Are these actual horses that are like descending from the sky? Um, Are these people? What what is it? Um, TJ um, said it, and, and I believe it too. I mean, it could be a literal horse, someone riding in on a literal horse, um, or it could just be symbolism. Um, we know that red could be could, red is usually the color of blood. Um, if your blood's not red, then something's wrong with you, right? And this thing is bright red, all the way up to the top. Mm. And so there's going to be a lot of bloodshed. There's going to be a lot of war going on. And so um, it talks about how he was given a sword. And it says that he was permitted to take peace from the earth. And so that's what happens. You have this red horse uh, that was whose, whose only purpose was to cause war on the earth, was to cause havoc. So the first horse was peace. The second horse was war. And so he came, um, the second seal reveals slaughter or butch or to butcher across all of the earth. And it says, um, I have here in my notes, it says the Antichrist will make peace with Israel, but whenever you break that peace, there will be mass destruction. So the worst part of all of this, is, the worst part um, of all the horses is that they still remain here on the earth. Yep. So when the red horse comes, the white horse is still there. When the third horse comes, that white horse is still there. And so they're all going to be collectively still on the earth together. Yeah. It's not like... Whenever the uh, the red horse comes, the white horse is like, all right, my job's done, deuces. Right. No, no. still present. There's uh, no tag team here. Still there. Uh, and one thing with uh, the red horse and like he came to slay, uh, we've seen in history that it is very capable for a man to lead an organization or whatever. A military to, force. Yeah, a military force to, to do genocide, to yeah. kill off. A huge amount of people group. So if you can, it's very, 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 very possible, especially with the things we have today, uh, of a, a person or a, a, a rider on this red horse, it is very possible for them to do this. Absolutely. Uh, so I, it, I know a lot of people, they may go through Revelation and be like, oh, 
and they they think it out, and they, it's kind of like a, a confusion of like, how is that even possible? Well, look back at our history and right. and, and just see how the culture is today. And after reading all this, it is very very possible. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's it's scary possible, uh, and how not how easily somebody can get away with it, but how easily they will be able to get away with it because the Holy Spirit is now gone. Right. Uh, and Jesus is not on the earth at this time. So I, I think about it from that perspective of somebody's like, there will be nobody who will just be able to kill off a bunch of people or a person who can rise up an army, such and that. We've seen it. Um, and it's it's very, 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 very scary. Um, but you have something coming on? No, I'm just thinking um, we, we all oftentimes as believers – and even non-believers, um, I'll say this, non-believers are usually quick to not believe in God, not to believe in the Holy Spirit, not to believe in Jesus. Um, I think some non-believers will acknowledge that there is a higher power, but they won't acknowledge God himself. Yep. Um, and then believers, obviously, we we do acknowledge God, we acknowledge Jesus, um, but Oftentimes we forget that there is a dark force out there um, that's going to cause all these things to happen. Mm-hmm. And you look back at like like you're talking about some of these crazy genocide type of things, or peop- someone, uh, some type of leader who was able to influence um, a group of people in a very bad way. Yeah. Um, and so you think like, how is it even possible? And it's the the easy question is this because there's a you have Satan and his demons working yeah in this world mm-hmm. it talks about how Satan has a throne it talks about how his throne is here on on earth um, now all of the earth is not his throne um, but we do know that he has a throne specifically in a place and how he's given authority over certain things and. And it's only because God allows him to. Yeah. And you see that in the book of Job, how how he's he still has to report back to God in the end. Yes. And so that's what's going to happen. He's going to have to report back to God. But ultimately, you can't forget that there are dark things going on that we can't see. Yes. Just like there are good things going on that we can't see. Mm-hmm. So that's um, almost looking up. And one thing I want is like... People are like, how how will maybe they'll also say uh, from like I'm ter- I'm trying to think skeptically of it all and trying to piece it all together, of man I could never see I can never foresee another per another person group to do this, but um, from a spiritual standpoint, um, it literally says that this I looked and behold a black horse oh, wrong part. Uh, And out came another horse, a bright red, and its rider permitted to take peace from the earth. Peace has literally been taken from the earth. Of like, you, everybody has grace. Like, whether you're a believer or non believer, righteousness falls into righteous and unrighteous. Um, uh, Everybody has God's grace. Um, You're, even if you don't believe and you slander God's name, God still protects you um, from things, and He and He loves you um, unconditionally. But God's not on. Jesus is not on this earth. His the Holy Spirit is not on this earth anymore. So this is literally just the devil 
and his demons running amok of the earth and doing um, what they will, uh, uh, basically. Um, and there's no peace upon this earth. So people may be like, man, I can never see uh, uh, people doing that. <laughs> they will. Because uh, there is really dark, there's, there is dark forces. There's the devil, and he's real. His demons are real. Um, and like you said, sometimes people uh, don't see that, and they kind of like turn an eye from it. But it's real. It, the devil is real, and he's out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, leading us into the third, the third seal, Okay, it says, When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a black horse and its rider with a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures say, A quart of wheat for denarius, and three quarts of barley for denarius, and do not harm the oil and wine. Okay, so TJ brought out this, this prop on stage. Um, whether it was a good prop or bad prop, um, <laughs> it was a good prop. Uh, he brought out a pair of scales, like you would see, at, like a. If you ever know what like a judgment scales are, I guess like the law. Yeah. Like have you ever seen Law and Order? Yeah, or something, yeah, I've seen those things. Where it's just like the judgment scale. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he says in most countries, um, not in the U.S. obviously, but if you go to foreign countries, you. You have you see that when you're going to buy food, when you're going to buy um, anything, you're gonna be measured out in that way mm-hmm. using those type of scales. And so uh, the world is literally gonna come to a point where you can only be able to afford one day's worth of wages. And so you're gonna work for one whole day. And he talked about how crazy this is gonna be because we could go to our fridge, we could go to our closet, we could go. Um, anywhere in our house, and most people are going to have plenty of things um, to, you know, f- for the next week or so, for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like I know, um, our fri- our freezer is stocked with all kinds of meat, um, <laughs> stocked with pizza or whatever, and then obviously our fridge is stocked with other stuff too. Well, we're not going to have that at some point. The Earth is not going to have that. That's going to be completely gone where you work for one whole day and you're going to have to literally use a portion of that, if not all of it, just to provide for you and your family for that one day's worth of wages, for that one, for that one day worth of meal. And so that's what he's talking about here. And it's going to get this bad. Um, and that, I think, I mean, it just talks about, let me see here. It's kind of like a, like you have to work for a day in order to earn food, isn't? Wouldn't that? Isn't that crazy? And wouldn't that be crazy? Of like a day's wage. That's what TJ brought up. Like a day's wage. Um, uh, a full day of working can only get you food for that day. And I know a lot of us we don't work every single day, so there's going to be days where you're going to go hungry, or you're working yourself to the bone in order to eat. Um, and I'm not a nutritionist of like, you know how many calories? Right. No, I'm just messing with you. Um, <laughs> but like, this would be something that people in the U.S. Have, has never seen before. Um, this famine um, and this, uh, this hunger 
TJ was describing uh, the the what starvation looks like, um, and it's something that in the U.S. maybe we have never seen because um, we're we're so fortunate to be living here mm-hmm. uh, and blessed, very very blessed to be living here with all the uh, things that you know, like Cruz said, we can have fridges stocked full of uh, maybe not the healthiest things. We like we have the luxury of that. Um, but this is what the world will have to go through, a hunger. So peacetime for a little bit, uh, like a war, um, like people the slaughtering each other, and then now a famine. A famine. It does not sound like a great time on earth no. right now. So that's the third seal. Uh, there will be a worldwide famine. Okay. And then this is the fourth seal. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the four living creatures say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse and its rider, uh, rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority all, uh, over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beast of the earth. Now, DJ was talking about this on Sunday, and I thought it was kind of wild because like reading it is one thing, but then when you hear someone else read it, certain things pop out. And when he read that, I was like, wild beasts of the field. Like, what kind of wild beast of the field is going to come and, and kill people? You know what I mean? Like, I, I know right now, if we were to live in a, in a jungle, you'd probably be attacked by all kinds of things. Oh, I bet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you'd probably have crazy monkeys or, like, baboons or something. Yeah, skeeters the side of your hand. Right? You live in <laughs> Oklahoma, skeeters are going to get you. And I think it's very possible. Um, just things, things that right now in our country we don't really face. But when there's a worldwide um, famine and an animal's no longer able to eat, and maybe there's no not much water. I mean, people are willing to do whatever. Yeah. Things are willing to do whatever just to eat, mm-hmm. um, even if it means sacrificing their life for it. Yeah, and so. You see this pale horse, um, which resembles, um, which resembles death, because you have this pale horse whose name was Death, and Hades followed him, and it says they were given authority to kill a fourth of the whole world. So again, this kind of ties back. Um, this ties back to mm-hmm. what do you believe? Are you, um, are you, what's it called? Um, pre-trib, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. If you're pre-trib, then all believers are going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So that's already a bunch of people missing. And at this point, there's already been death. There's been lots of bloodshed. And so the world is just slimming down on people every year at this point. And then now you have just a fourth of the earth. If you were to take 7 billion people right now and a fourth of them were to be gone... I think I calculated that to be like one point something billion people, 1.9 or something like that's that. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people that's gone. That is a lot. Um, and so a fourth of the people, it's going to be very evident that something's not right. It's going to be very evident that that like Chad's not here. Jervis is not here. Jenna's not here. And it's just going to be me. And this is like, it's probably going to be me and maybe one other person on this neighborhood. And it's going to be very weird. Like... Like, where is everybody kind of thing? Yeah. 
and, and it's just going to be chaotic. And so you have the fourth, uh, the fourth seal, which just resembles death. Yeah. And I just, I'm trying to think, I may be digging too deep here, but do you remember whenever we're walking through uh, like Genesis, whenever we're studying it, and uh, I'm trying to think, it was two brothers. Oh, why am I blanking on their name? Uh, the first murder. What, what was it? Yeah, Cain and Abel. Do you remember how we're like, uh, Cain killed half, like one fourth, yeah. killed a fourth of the population? Do you think there's like some symbolism there? Because that's the first murder. And now we're seeing that. And, and that, that was like Satan getting into his head. And he, it, the Lord literally told Cain, hey, sin is crouching at the door. Uh, Satan is crouching at the door waiting to devour you. And this is exactly like it literally says death, uh, uh, death and Hades followed him and they were given authority over a fourth of the earth. Like Cain killed a fourth of the earth um, because he was influenced by the devil and jealousy. Um, And then Hades or the devil and death is going to come back and they're going to kill a fourth of the earth once again. I think again. it shows, <laughs> I think it for sure shows that it's possible. Yeah. Um, like if if you were given, like you said, Cain, there was four people at that time on the earth. There was Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, just four people only. And Cain killed his brother Abel. That's a fourth of the population. Whether you believe it or not, that's a lot of people still. There's yeah. only four people. You have this entire earth. And uh, you kill that. You kill one off. That's that's a lot of people missing. It's very strange. Yes. And so yeah, I think it's very possible that I think it shows that it is possible um, for the fourth of the world to be be slaughtered off um, like wild animals. And so um, there could be some symbolism there. Um, Plus, I, I may just be reading too much into it. <laughs> My mind is just running right now. That's a good thought, though. Um, but uh, I. To kill with the sword was famine. So it's like, you're not just being killed by... Like, this is so much is going on. First, you're at a time of peace. But if, if you're a believer, as we'll see in the next seal, that it's not really a time of peace. It's kind of like a time of panic because you know it's going to happen. Um, then you have a red horse come up. And there's, like, people just killing each other. They're slaying each other. Um, and then another horse comes up, and it's black. And you're going to be starving. It's going to You have to work every day. And then this next, uh, this pale horse is like a mix of um, the the second horse and uh, the third horse because it's going to kill the fourth of the population with the sword and with the famine and with uh, the beast of the field. So there's this, there's a lot of a lot of pain. <laughs> there's yeah, there's a lot of um, a piece is just completely gone. So yeah. everything's wild. It's. Um, I think that's why you see a lot of movies like Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Um, people make movies about it because what what will it look like at that point? Yeah, um, it's going to be pretty wild. Um, the fifth the fifth seal. It says, "When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness that they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O Sovereign Lord, holy and true.'" How long bef- uh, before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And they were each given a white robe and, and, and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants 
and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been had been killed. So you have John, who again he's writing all this down. He's writing everything that he sees, Um, and he looks over and he sees underneath the altar. So he's no longer looking on earth. Like he's no longer looking into the future, basically, of things that are to come. Now he's looking back to earth, I mean, back to heaven, and he sees underneath the altar, which is where Jesus is, um, where the lamb is. And so he looks back and he sees these souls and they're crying out, how long before you avenge us? And, and so white robes, again, they're just mean, meaning purity, purified, um, forgiven. And so they're now in heaven, and and Jesus says, wait a little bit longer. So what we know, again, this is this might seem a little confusing, but during this time of the tribulation, well, of the first, first six, seven seals, you're going to have all Christians gone, all believers are gone. But during this time, God is still going to raise up for them, um, believers to, to pro, um, prophesy the word, basically. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into that next week. You're going to see the 144,000 of Israel um, of Israel sealed. And so we're going to talk about a little bit about that next week. But this week, it's all about, you know, who's left on the earth, and God's going to use particular people. And he tells the people, he tells those souls that were martyred, um, that there are still more to be martyred for his name's sake. Yeah. So you're going to see that. I kind of see it as, you know, TJ brought up Matthew 7, uh, you know, whenever people said, Lord, Lord, and then Jesus says, uh, be gone for I've never knew you. Um, I kind of see this as that there are going to be Christians who are going to be left. Like they believe in Christ, but uh, like they know Jesus, but their lives did not reflect it. You know, we, we've talked about works, and we've seen in the church that, um, in a way, uh, they're, they're being told, your works is not showing your faith, or your faith is not showing your works. Um, you have not allowed me to transform you. Um, you have not allowed me to rule over your heart and be the king of your heart. You have allowed these other things to be. And that's going to, I feel like this is that group of Christians. They're going to still be on this earth. It's not like after that happens... Um, after the tribulation, after a bunch of people are raised up into heaven, that they're going to become non-believers. They're still going to believe in Jesus. They're going to believe in Jesus 10 times more now because they're like, holy cow, this is true. Yeah. Like the book of Revelation is literally laying down exactly what is going to happen. And I literally have the instruction manual, what's going to happen next and what's going to happen next, next, next. Um, and it's it says that these people... Um, are underneath that altar, and um, they they are going to die for their faith. So it's not, it's still not a peaceful time for Christians. Um, there will you will be a martyr for your faith during this time, um, and just like the ones who came before who died for their faith, you will most likely die for your faith during that time. Uh, and I believe that people could still rise up new believers, um, that, uh, you will be able to share the gospel during this time. Um, and there will, there will maybe be people who believe it and there will be people who 
will still say, no, I do not want to. Because there's some people who, um, they may know that Jesus is real, but they don't want to believe in him because they have so much pain in their heart. So much anger. Um, so much anger toward him because it may be something that happened with a relative um, and the stuff like this. I, I hear about it and I see it all the time. Like, how can you not believe in Jesus? And you're like, oh, I know he's there. I just do not want to follow him. Like I, And I'm like, oh, that's that's deep. Um, but people will be like that. And there are people like that in the world. Uh, they will not want to follow Jesus, even if they have a hint that he is uh, that he is the Savior, uh, just because they're so angry at him. So I, I think that uh, these are Christians, like uh, TJ brought it up a little bit as well, that these are believers who are still on this earth, but Jesus is literally telling them to wait because some of you are going to have to die uh, before this. So it's very, very grim. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So that is the fifth seal. Um, those that, are, that were martyred and then those who will continue to be martyred later on. Um, and then the sixth seal. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, and the full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree shed its winter fruit uh, when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that was uh, being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals, and, and the rich, and the powerful, and every slave, everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in caves and, and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? Question mark. Oh, man. So, again, this is... This this is like coming to an end. Yes. Right? Like this is the first... TJ described this as... Um, this is going to be a seven-year period. We've gone through the first three and a half years. The, at this point, this sixth seal is about three and a half years in. Yes. And they're gonna, there's going to be everyone, whether you are a believer or not, you're going to come to this realization that, oh my goodness, like Jesus was real. Hide me from him because of all that I've done. Whether you are a full believer or not, I believe that even though you come before God, because you saw this in uh, you saw this in Isaiah, you saw this in Moses, you saw this in John. Every single time someone came before God, they fell to their knees and they felt so unworthy to be in their in His presence. How much more? How much more worse is it going to be for the non-believer? who comes this realization that, oh my gosh, Jesus is real, and to feel the weight of their sin um, because they've done some gruesome things throughout all of their life. They've murdered. They've allowed adultery into their life. They've lusted after so many things. And so they, they're basically trying to hide themselves from God and from Jesus. And, then, and it talks about how all these, all these, thing, all these crazy things are going to take place and Jesus is saying, this is just the beginning. Like this, These are just the, the birth pains. Mm -hmm. um, TJ was describing how... Um, he was describing the significance or the symbolism of giving birth. You know, everything is painful and awful in the moment. 
And then when the baby is born, everything is so beautiful. It's it's precious, and it was worth the wait, right? It was worth Amen. everything in the end. And so it, the same can be said so with here. And these are just the birth pains. These are just, this is the moment where everything is chaotic. Um, so you have earthquakes. You have the sun that's that's turned black. You have the moon that became like blood. And again, I, I don't 100% know if this is going to be physical or if this is just some sort of like spiritual symbolism um but it's very possible for it to have both it could it could be very much be both uh things we just know that um the sixth seal reveals fear within all of humanity so whether you're rich or poor uh whether you're rulers or you're slaves when jesus opens the sixth seal nature is no longer the same Hawaii is no longer going to look the same. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Cozumel, all these, or Jamaica, like all these beautiful places that you could travel to, they're no longer going to be the same. Everything's going to be distorted. Everything's not going to look the same. Yes. So when he opens that sixth seal, everything will be no more. Yeah, and the beauty of the earth will be... Uh, savaged and messed up and destroyed because we, we the world is beautiful uh god really took his time on the earth especially when everyone went to wyoming beautiful but i can't imagine looking up at the moon and seeing it blood red right <laughs> i wow. can't i can't imagine seeing uh the rocks and the mountains uh just different than what they were at the time and the fear that is instilled and uh, that is brought on upon these people, they literally say they're talking, calling to the, um, calling to the mountains and rocks. It literally says, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne. It's like they, they're literally saying, let these rocks fall on top of us. Um, let them fall on us. So that way we, we don't have to look at our shame and uh, whenever our blindness to Jesus, like now we see Jesus is really seated on the on the throne, and we ignored it all this time. Cover me up from this shame. Uh, cover me up from all this. Um, and it's just it it's it's an eye opener. Like this this is only six, and this is literally mm-hmm. the beginning of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that in what this is shaping up to is to allow Jesus to to come back and to create a new Jerusalem, a new earth, uh, a new heaven, a new earth. And that the, the labor uh, was a great analogy for it. Like there's pain in the beginning and then what comes out of it is going to be beautiful. It's like, it may be, it may be ugly. It's <laughs> it ugly may be right ugly now. right now, but at the end um, there's going to be new life, um, uh, a new beginning and it's going to be um, beautiful and it's a miracle. So, Mm. Yeah, that's some good stuff. Um, I I encourage all the listeners out there to go back and read this. And um, I know we've thrown out there some probably some new things that you've heard for the first time. Um, On Sunday at our house church, we had people uh, just really nervous, you know, because they don't know what they believe. They don't like as far as, you know, will the church be raptured up before all this? Um, you have some people who are scared to believe that, and then all of a sudden, you know, it not be true. Um, just know that whatever happens, I mean, if you're a true believer, God's going to protect you. Um, Amen. 
I think everyone is like 100% scared of pain. They're scared of, of death. Um, but Jesus shows us that if you just give your life over, mm-hmm. then they can't ever take anything from you. Amen. And so if you, uh, being, being submissive as a Christian and as a, as a servant to God, trusting that He's going to protect your soul forever, and everything here on the earth is momentary, and so if we can find peace in Him and His name and, and not worry about these things, where do Christians fall in this? Where, what do you believe? Are you pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? Aside from all that, it doesn't matter. Uh, just having faith that God's going to take care of you. God's going to protect you. Um, if, if you endure just a little bit of pain here on earth, you know that your soul is going to be protected for eternity. And that's why Jesus died. Amen. He died so that we could be with Him in eternity, just just so that we may have a little bit of pain here, but eternity and peace in heaven with God and with Jesus. Yes, Amen. So that's what we look to. Exactly, and it's just the Lord tells us, um, "Come to me. Come, literally, come as you are. Um, all of you who are weary." Uh, and he will bring you peace. Uh, he he gives you a peace in your heart that is that is unmatched. And uh, the thing is, like we, I know we were talking about pre-trib, uh, mid-trib, and post-trib. That's just theological talk. Um, it's just you know sometimes we get bored down here, <laughs> right. and we like to talk about theology. Like, what do you think is going to happen? And these are all just thoughts. Right. Like, scripture has not revealed. Um, the the majesty and the mysteries of uh, a lot of these things like these are all speculations we're not sure but however the cookie crumbles i know that my faith will be in jesus and that is what is most important absolutely like literally putting your heart into him and uh we're we're not being a, a laodicea uh a, a lukewarm uh, church a lukewarm church not to be lukewarm to where you say you follow jesus but then your life is not reflecting it um, and we talked about what those believers will go through and we're not trying to scare you. Um, and we're not putting our own thought into this. This is what scripture says. This Amen. is what scripture says. Amen. We're not trying to scare you. This is what Jesus is telling you. And you have to allow the Holy spirit to convict you. And if you're in, you have to soften your heart and allow Jesus to speak to you and tell you, uh, and tell you sometimes you're not always right. Like you have been living in a life of sin, and maybe this is where you need to turn it around after hearing what it is going to look like. And Absolutely. once again, I don't. We don't like talking about the scary things and the the things that uh, that may throw people off, but we have to because it's the truth. We won't run from the truth. Uh, we embrace the truth because um, we serve the God of truth. We serve a God of truth and um, and of love. And this is how he's going to show his love for the earth. Um, so there's a lot uh, that goes into this. And um, yeah, this was, just, this was just the first part of judgment. So. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get into Revelation 7 next week, and we're going to talk about the 144,000. Um, again, that was just the first six seals. There's a seventh one coming, so stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not over just yet. Stay tuned. <laughs> 
Um, that's all that I have to say. Yep. That's you have anything it. else? No, I'm, I'm all good. I'm ready to go. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for joining again this week. Oh, yes. Uh, if you have any questions for us or if you have any um, prayer requests, I mean, you can always reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Um, check out the sermons online from TJ. That Again, that's The Porch in Inola. Um, don't get us confused with Watermark The Porch. Oh, yeah. I've, I promise everywhere that I've gone, uh, Wyoming... Kansas City, um, anywhere in Texas, and I tell people where I'm the porch, they think watermark. Yep. Nope. 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 We're something better. Yeah. We might not we're... be as big, but we're something better. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Uh, did Cody tell you about that first time whenever he told somebody that he got hired on at the porch? Like, dude, that's huge. That's a humongous church. He's like, oh, it's in Inola, Oklahoma. He's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that church is huge. Yeah. But... Yeah. So check it out, The Porch in Inola, Oklahoma. Inola. Um, Inola. I-N-O-L-A. Go Fox. I almost said go Black Foxes. Go Horns. Go Horns. (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys for joining. We'll see you next week. God bless.